Welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and this time I'm here with Cameron. Uh, Matt is uh, busy elsewhere. Uh, he'll he'll join us next episode, I believe. Um, and we have a slew of guests. Uh, another record for the uh, the podcast. Um, we have with us Stephen. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing all right, man. All right, third third time on the podcast. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, uh, and the first time, uh, Mr. Jake Lionheart. How's it going, Jake? It's going good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking the time to join us here. Um, and again, a returning guest, Leonard. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Cameron, how's it going? It is going good. I'm back from my roughly six-week hiatus from doing podcasts, which involved a whole month out in the United Kingdom. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I broke my phone in the first week, so I've been mostly incommunicado for <laughs> a fair while. But, uh, you know, back at home, getting ready, and it sounds like my brother and or sister just got back, so hopefully that doesn't show up in the recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How you been doing, Steven? Been doing all right, man. Um, been looking forward to this, though. Talking, <laughs> talking monsters. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you back. And uh, we're also digging back into a subject matter we've covered before, um, which is also why it's particularly avoid, uh, avoided, um, <laughs> invited uh, Jake. Um, how's it going, Jake? It's going good, man. Uh yeah, pretty swell. Uh, I'm not much of a, a monsters guy, but I keep finding myself in uh, places where I'm playing games like Bloodborne and talking monsters, so <laughs> it should be fun. Yeah, uh, you did a, a pretty cool uh, <laughs> album on Bloodborne, so uh, we previewed, I think, one of the songs. Uh, last episode, we covered Bloodborne, which is what we're back here again with. Yeah, yeah. I always find it, like, I don't know, like, when other people use my music, I always feel like, wait, I suck. Why are they using my music? So, but I do appreciate good. the love. Stuff, <laughs> I don't know. I'm my own worst like critic. So it's always like, no, use someone else's song, like Dan Bull or somebody. I don't know. But, <laughs> but no, I appreciate the support. You guys have been like awesome and actually make me feel like I'm a musician and stuff. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's good stuff, Jake. Um, cool. Leonard, how have you been doing? I've been really, really busy, uh, but great. I've been uh, doing a lot of uh, QA testing at work, and uh, I've been playing a lot of Pyre. Ooh. Ooh. How is that? Uh, it is fantastic. It is It is pretty fantastic. It, uh, Supergiant knocks it out of the park again. They've been around for, what, a decade, and they've released three games, mm. and they've all been, like, fantastic. Can't really ask for more. <laughs> and all new IPs, so. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. good to hear everyone's doing great one way or the other. Uh, we've kind of uh, talked about it a little bit, so we're going to be discussing Bloodborne and more of its ferocious ilk. Um, so a couple of us have kind of talked about how we got into the series a little bit. Um, Jake uh, being the 
the the new voice on for this episode. Uh, how, how did you get into the series? Um, actually, I got into it through like I guess the Twitter community. Um, I found myself listening to like the Chomp Chain guys, and you know they would start talking about Bloodborne and Dark Souls, and then one of them was on like I think Chris was on Dark Insight. And then, uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He was on uh, the Twin Humanities about like Metal Gear, like their their O Humanity show. And so I'm like, hey, who are these guys? Let me listen to them. And they had you know a whole podcast dedicated to Dark Souls. So I'm listening to it because it's entertaining because they're entertaining fellas. But I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. And then Dark Insight. I'm like, these guys are great too. I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> so I'm like, I might as well check out this game. And um here I am sucked into like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. And like I just said, like I'm not much of like a monster, like creepy, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm not really into that. So I find it weird that like I've done like a Dark Souls EP and a Bloodborne album. And even though this game scares the crap out of me, like I'm still like enthralled by it. And like, I want to know more about it. Um, like even the monster that I'm going to talk about, um, uh, it's creepy. I don't like him, <laughs> and I'm going to be talking to him as though like I do like him. So, so uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's such an awesome game that just like even if you don't like the genre, you end up liking the genre. You might not go outside of Bloodborne or <laughs> Dark Souls, but like it's like the best thing you've ever played. Like I mean, I know it's based on Lovecraft and stuff. But I, I feel like these guys do it better than Lovecraft. I don't know if the Lovecraft fan base is going to come and hunt me down now. But, um, <laughs> nah. but yeah, so um, it's just, I don't know, it's just an awesome um, thing that, like, this community of, like, awesome people um, have such, like, a love for this. So I'm like, it, it has to be good because these are good people. I don't think they're crazy, or at least they don't come off crazy on Twitter and on their podcast, so <laughs> and there must be something good to it. <laughs> Either that, or you guys have me all fooled, and you're all lunatics, and uh, now I'm a part of the the lunacy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Say you, I mean, you made two out. I mean, you wrote a bunch of songs about the series, so yeah. So I guess I'm crazier than true. yeah. I guess I'm crazier than all of you guys because yeah, I exactly. my time to write music. About it. You've already contributed more than we have, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. All right. That's great. Um, it's always fun to kind of hear how people got into this. Um, and, it's you know, it's kind of why we're doing this also. Uh, not mm-hmm. only the love of monsters, but this series um, in general. Uh, it's it's great. Um, and I think it's, it's great to see that it means enough to people that they're, you know, contributing in one way or other to the, the fandom. Yeah. Not that I don't really care for that word, but <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> so, uh, we'll dig into it. Um, again, as before, we'll uh, cover a few of the monsters and um, maybe our notable experiences with them uh, the, the first time around, if we can remember back that far after our many hours of uh, <laughs> playing this game. We'll uh, kick off with Cameron. Uh, Cameron, what is your pick for this uh episode well as this podcast shows i have a long and well-documented love of werewolves (laughs) and so my pick for tonight is the scourge beast 
now, this one's not difficult to remember your first encounter with because it's uh, the first enemy encounter in the game. They are the sort of gangly, quadrupedal wolf creatures, and you first meet one in the infirmary immediately after you do character creation. Well, I guess you meet one in the cutscene before that, but you know, in game terms, you've got no weapons. Your bare hand in some kind of weird, not well tailored suit. You know, it's missing a sleeve. <laughs> got a hood over your head. <laughs> you know, well, I'll walk out of here, and there's just it's just there in between the stretches, sort of crouched over a body, and you go. Well, you can normally beat the first enemy if you think about it, but. This was the first time I played Bloodborne, so I had no idea how the mechanics worked. And so I walked up and I judo chopped it in the back <laughs> and it turned around and shoot my head off. <laughs> and like throughout the game, these things are pretty brutal. Like their AI tracks really, really long distances. Like I've had them chase me from that bridge all the way down through the entire sewer system before, like jumping off ledges and stuff. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and they're, they're hard to fight if you don't have uh, anything that does fire damage. Um, I picked them because A, I like werewolves, and B, these are werewolves that are really, really well done because the very first time I saw them, before I even played Bloodborne, they showed up in one of the trailers and in the beta. Uh, there was a detail that, went, that made me go, I want to look at this. Uh, which is they're crouched down on all fours, but you'll notice that their hips are actually a bit raised compared to their shoulders. And that's because their back legs are much longer than their forelegs, Mm -hmm. which is an indicator of a bipedal creature, which is like a really easy confirmation of, oh, these were people once. Like in the design, you can tell that this is something that's initially grew up walking on two legs, but because of its you know, a bestial blood curse or whatever is going on the first time you think, uh, the first time you play through whatever you think is going on, it's, you know, now running around on all fours trying to eat you. You know, there's also scraps of clothes on them and stuff, but that was the first detail that really sort of struck me. And I know it's just a good, solid design. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> what do you guys think of them? Steven? Um, yeah, like, uh, this was the um, the first creature I even saw for the game, uh, like he was talking about in the trailer, uh, the launch trailer that they had, and then, um, not the launch trailer, but the first gameplay trailer that they released. Mm. Some of the first images that I accidentally saw because I was trying as hard as I could to not <laughs> see anything going in. Um, they immediately sold me because I'm like, well, that looks really scary and big, and I want to fight it because that looks cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, once you... um. The, that's a really great detail of noticing their hips. I didn't actually notice that until like well after uh, I beat the game. But um, I think that that like that speaks to the weird attention to detail that is in this game that I think is maybe, maybe not for lack of trying, but their priorities are a little bit different. But um, from from softwares doesn't really have in the Soul series because their world buildings just uh, allocated in different places. But the enemy design in this, like that kind of detail, that obviously it's a werewolf, so duh, it comes from uh, it comes from uh, being a person. But the way that it is, and like the, it has an attack where it kind of rears back on its legs and it swipes mm. at you with its front paws, and it very much looks like a human in that animation, like yeah, the way yeah. he's batting at you. Um, so I think you know, like like you said, it's just a really amazing design, especially for a werewolf. Like you think about, you know. 
a monster that's been done again and again and again um, in video games and, and fantasy and science fiction. Like it's been everywhere done a million times and they, they still managed to design it in a way that the first time I saw it, it caught my attention and made me be like, yes, I want, I want to, I want to play whatever this game is that has creatures designed like that. Yeah. Jake, what do you think? Um, I, I have to agree with Steven. Like he said, everything I, I think I would want to touch on, like the design is amazing. It's like one of the, like, like I wish more werewolves look like this. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, it has, like you said, like it, you could tell it was a human, but then I like the fact that it's on all fours, like kind of like that wolf animal instinct to be on all fours, even though it wasn't really meant for all fours, I guess. I don't know. And, um, just the fact that that's the first thing you face, um, I'm like oddly still intimidated by them. Like mm-hmm. even like if I, you know, I have like I'm um, like level ninety six or something like that, going through Central Yarnum, testing out new like weapons that I get, and like I still like come up to these guys like oh crap, the two werewolves in front of the <laughs> the cart or whatever, like crap, and so I still do the thing where I like I lure one out, even though I have like my weapon is probably good enough, I can just run in there and like swipe both of them at the same time, and they both die. Um, or that the what was it the um, is it Upper Cathedral where they're like mm. the chandeliers? And oh that god, stuff. that's such a brutal god, encounter, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> I wish I could like record this stuff because like I'm like screaming and running back towards the door, <laughs> as I'm, and I'm like, no doggy, no doggy, no doggy, no doggy, because <laughs> I'm just like, don't kill me, don't kill me, don't kill, me. yeah, and like, oh my gosh, like it's just such an awesome design, um, and like i guess like um you know dictates the rest of this game like you walk in well even in that opening cutscene where the one that's all bloodied and is reaching out for you like you're like what the hell is happening with this werewolf thing so it's just god like they like set like such a good like um like i guess step forward in this game because you're like you walk up you're you feel so like helpless like this thing is and it's got what like half health too and so Mm. you're like and it's still like half health and it's like the hardest thing you face in the game right off the jump. So it's just it's such a it's such a good monster. I love it. I I guess uh it's over to me. <laughs> mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so yes, uh the fact that you initially encounter this as like the first enemy, um it sets a, a tone for the game and I also wanted this to be a more prevalent enemy and it's it's not it's mm. they're they're very um sparse sparsely sprinkled um throughout the game um i guess my one in game lore question would be with the <laughs> chandelier of wolves how, how did they get up there <laughs> from the rafters did mm. some did they climb onto it and someone raised the chandelier up with them on it <laughs> it's like yeah, they saw you. They it. saw you walking up. And he's like, "Oh, he's coming! He's coming! Hurry up! Come on, guys, get up here! No. <laughs> yeah. Scare him! Got it. It's it's the it's a cathedral. They got to keep it clean. So they send the crew up onto the chandelier, <laughs> and then the blood moon hits. What are you going to do? You can't go down the ladder. So they kick the ladder down and disappears somewhere. You know, FromSoft FromSoft deletes it from the grid map. Um, <laughs> and then they just turn up into werewolves and up, all, all up on there. It's fine. <laughs> yeah um and i think the the second encounter on, on the bridge um mm. i know 
even that's like new game plus or something. I don't remember what cycle I'm on, but I still lure them down the little ramp and hide behind mm. the door and let them just swipe at me um, and <laughs> oh, do like jump attacks. <laughs> it's, it's like level 130. Oh, I'm just going to do this jump attack. It's much safer. <laughs> Door's a man's best friend, you know? Yeah, not those guys. Um, and, and then I think the fact that uh, that that first fight, I mean, you, you can do it barehanded. You just have to do like a lot of butt punches um and kind of yeah. kite him around the, there's a gurney um in the in that little hospital um or the clinic uh yeah but i don't think i ever realized and then immediately that it was at half health I thought that's just the health that they have and i'm like oh well, this is pretty tough mm-hmm. they can kill you in one hit but you can you can beat them <laughs> Um, and then you're like a horribly rude awakening because the second encounter is not one, but two wolves on like a narrow bridge where there's not really anything you can like juke around unless you try to run, um, to that shortcut into the sewers. Mm, yeah. But overall, um, yeah, they're, they're design wise. They're really cool. Um, I, I think it's one of the cooler looking, um, enemies in the game but i also <laughs> i also wanted uh this game to be just werewolves and, and beasts and not mm. not the cosmic horror mm. that eventually takes over which i like um just i don't know it could have been a completely different style of game um oh, yeah. leonard how about you yeah, the Scourge Beasts, they're fantastic. And uh, Dave, I have to absolutely agree with you about how uh, it sets a t- tone when you first encounter the one in Yosefka's clinic. Um, because that is, it is, hey, you know, this game that was Victorian and had monsters and was about werewolves? Here's your werewolf right at the beginning. <laughs> and fight them barehanded <laughs> and it's it's uh it's just really establishing no this is what you're doing you're you're fighting werewolves uh, and you better get used to it even though you don't have a weapon um but i didn't fight the werewolf because i'm a big coward so i proceeded to run to past the werewolf run to the door, take advantage of my invincibility frames opening the door, (laughs) ran to the gate, took advantage of those invincibility frames, ran all the way to the lever, pulled it, climbed the ladder, and hit the uh, lantern without being murdered my first time through. (laughs) See, you're not a coward. That's speed running. And I really wish that they had just given me another cutscene for entering the dream the first time so it didn't look like I had just been murdered and woke up in the dream. I wanted something (laughs) triumphant. I wanted the doll to just be there and throw confetti in the air and say, you did it. Um, I I did want to talk about uh, a variation of the Scourge Beast that I I really really adore, and it's the Yahargul. Yes, it's mm. so good. <laughs> oh, it's um, so cool. <laughs> it's it's amazing because it literally looks like 
that was a person, the red moon hit, and then they just badly exploded into a scourge beast. The 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 lower leg as the tail is the detail that always it's so good. gets me. It's it's so good. it's amazing. It is really like the epitome of body horror in Bloodborne, mm-hmm. and that's really kind of saying something, considering that you deal with <laughs> with a, a certain someone. <laughs> later mm. on in the area but i oh, love yeah. love that variation of of the the scourge beast because it's just like oh it's a scourge beast because far away they strike the same sort of silhouette and then you get mm. to them and it's like oh there's this horrible flayed man dog thing with <laughs> leg tail and i'm like nope nope please this place is bad everything about yahargul is the worst <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm i'm really glad you brought up that variation because i was going to if no one else talked about it because like my you know the first encounter i think that most people come across or at least that i came across was at the bottom of a stairwell and like you said it's making the same sounds and it cuts the same silhouette in the dark so i was like oh, okay i'll sneak up behind it and yeah then you just got a face full of foot whenever you get up by its tail and you're just like what <laughs> so yeah alright I guess that's the uh, scourge beast done for now Um, Steven what uh, what did you pick for us yeah um, so I picked uh, the nightmare apostle which is I guess in the main game that's only that's only in the Nightmare of Mensis that you see uh, see these guys, and they're the they're the spiders um, that uh, that I think oh. From Software does spiders better than any other uh, video game company. Like Bethesda, yeah. like I remember there was kind of like uh, half jokingly people were saying that people couldn't play Skyrim because of the spiders, <laughs> um, which you know they they look. Like, you know, giant fuzzy tarantulas, but, like, these move, like, giant spiders, and, like, it legitimately, like, I don't get creeped out, like, in that way by things in video games, because, you know, it's, it's a video game, but um, between Dark Souls, the spiders in Dark Souls 2 that are in Seldora and these guys, um, I like, I have a hard time looking at them while they're moving. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like, before they see you, like, their little legs are, like, moving in front of them. I was like, oh, God, ew, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then later on in the Nightmare of Mensis, you get to find the, like, again, Bloodborne just keeps having these weird variations on the enemies that make you laugh but are also awesome. Um, similar to the pigs with all the eyes and, and the scourge beasts that, you know, have the foot tail. Um these guys show up with just dude heads <laughs> on their bodies with little bowl cuts. And it's so good. You're just like, what? why? Yeah. The, I love also, the bo- I, Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say all just a quick addendum. These I hate them. I hate them in the chalice dungeons because they can be summoned in by the bell maidens and yeah. it's the worst. Yeah. So yeah, no, continue so on bad. about uh the, the bowl cut. I, uh, apostles. I, I it, it it is it's it's Moe's head, it's Moe's from the three Stooges head <laughs> on, on a spider. It is Damn it man. is the 
dumbest thing I've ever seen. It makes me laugh every single time I see it. He, the face is grimacing, so it looks like <laughs> like he's just slapped Curly. It's it's it. it's my favorite thing. It's it's so it. dumb. I don't know. I, why. I can't look at them now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh nice that, everybody. Guy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is why I wish there was modding on PS4 because then you just add that as an enemy bark and that'd be oh, so good. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I love, I love. It is, it is so stupid. It is that bowl cut is my favorite stupid thing in Bloodborne, <laughs> and there are a lot of favorite stupid things in Bloodborne. But it's just, <laughs> it's just that head. It's just that like cranky upset head and that mo bowl cut and i'm just like i can't i can't take this area seriously anymore thanks Ooh. thanks bloodborne thanks miyazaki yeah. <laughs> oh god jake what's your opinion on spiders <laughs> i used to think they were scary but now that i know they look like mo i can't take them serious <laughs> I was going to say, like, no, good call on the spiders, because, yuck. Like, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan of spiders, personally. <laughs> Especially, like, in my area, there's so many black widows, so, like, uh, I'm yeah. just like, yeah, like, everything's a black widow, everything must die. Um, get the fire. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, you, yeah, I remember walking into that room and just seeing them all hanging, and they're all shapes oh, and sizes. God. And you're just like, I just, I just, I stood there. I don't know how long I stood there just looking at it. Like, no, like what, what do, how do they attack? Do they just slink down and get you? Do they run after you? Do they spit anything at you? Uh, Just terrified to throw a pebble at one to see what would happen. Um, I'm treating them like real spiders in real life. And I'm like, no, just let them be. You don't need to walk over there. Yeah. Um, there's a black widow on your fridge. You don't need to eat today. Um, <laughs> like. um, but oh my god, dude! That, and I remember seeing what was it? Is it Patches when you first see him? Yes. Patches, oh my god! Crap it's out of me! So good. I was like, yeah. I'm like, there's a spider, and then it scurries away, and I'm like, oh, oh no! God, and then um, I was so taken back by that that I I remember um, I think I took either a screenshot of it or I took like a little PS4 share of it. And a friend of mine mm. who doesn't even know what Bloodborne is, like, DM'd me, like, dude, what the hell are you posting? Because this is freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. Um, but he looks more menacing than the bowl cut spiders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I almost want to go, after we're done recording, go to that area and see how hard I laugh fighting these things. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, thanks, Leonard. They were scary. Now they're not. <laughs> they I love spiders. <laughs> yeah. yeah just all I have to do is like, yeah. Imagine Black Widows with the bowl cut, and I should be not afraid of them. You actually helped me get over a phobia. Thank you, monster. Your monster. <laughs> yeah. I I actually forgot to touch on. I love that Patches is a spider person in this game mm-hmm. and that because that's the first time i saw him but i kept hearing stories of it took me forever to figure out where he kicks you um into the poison oh, yeah. in this game <laughs> i didn't realize yeah. that that was a thing um so i i like that now he has eight times the kicking power 
<laughs> yeah. Spider joke. <laughs> uh, Dave, how about you? Uh, yeah, you guys uh, covered it pretty well. Um, rather than the the, the little buddies, uh, the huge, the huge spider uh, <laughs> yeah. was the worst. Um, yeah, and I, and that's in that room where they're all dangling from the ceiling, and there's just uh, the one big mom, I guess, um, chilling in the back and scuttles toward you. Horribly fast, and another one of those. I'm gonna go back through the archway and then just cheese it through the door <laughs> with the cannon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too much uh, problem with spiders uh, in real life, so they were. I didn't find them any more more or less disturbing than any other enemy. <laughs> uh, probably less. So. But they're. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, nice to see like a, a regular looking creature. This and the rats. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess the carrion crows. So things that were just made larger uh, to make them <laughs> more terrifying. Uh, although, again, we had a permutation with the face. So, super. <laughs> Thanks, FromSoft. Yeah. Spiders with yeah. faces. I I, yeah. I I love the 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 Resident Evil uh, just take said animal and make it bigger and give it open wounds uh, horror <laughs> school of thinking. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's 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 great. Um, it's I always thought that it was a super missed opportunity that if you managed to get to like ninety nine insight, uh, the giant spider would just have a big dumb face. I legit <laughs> I did a ninety nine insight run, and I was hope I was praying that that was a thing when I got there. I was so disappointed because just, because go ahead. Oh, I was because my fi- because the the only thing dumber than the smaller spiders with the uh, faces is the big one when it does its <laughs> its rear back attack where it slaps with all of its legs. Yep. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that was such a missed opportunity. There could have been so many Three Stooges gags with with that <laughs> animation. Oh god. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> Entertainment out of spiders. Who'd have thought? <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Jake. Uh, what's your pick for this episode? Um, my pick is the one reborn, and um, yep. it's not so much that it is a clump of grossness. Um. <laughs> <laughs> But um, okay, let, can I get? Let me give you some uh, some context. Um, I got Bloodborne the week after my son was born, um, <laughs> so uh, birth was fresh on my mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you if you all had the um, honor or like creepiness of watching somebody give birth, but um, yeah. that whole cutscene. <laughs> is uh what did it for me because i'm like because <sighs> that would be like every dad's like nightmare version of like 
<laughs> we're in the we're in the hospital. The love of my life is about to give birth, and dear God, the one reborn is coming out of me. I I God, when I watched that cutscene, you guys, um, I'm like, this is the cream. I'm like looking at my son, kind of like you know, like squinting, and I'm like, are you the one reborn? Like, what is going on? Like, it is wow, such a little side eye. A, I'm telling you, it's such a disturbing <laughs> thing, especially when birth is fresh on your mind. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take a page from uh, one of my. Uh, co-host uh jesse who's just okay with being vulgar i hope that's okay but like when do you see the hole and then like the little bit of the body pops out and you're like oh okay and then like the placenta part and all that stuff um <laughs> it's like visceral Holy. and like and like I, you know the boss fight itself isn't really like you know you run around you kill what the bell maids or whatever and then just don't get puked on and you should be good. Just um, like having a baby. Exactly. You don't get, <laughs> kill all the nurses and the midwives in the room, and then don't get puked on by your baby. And boom, that's exactly like how it was at Kaiser Permanente for me. Um, but but uh, yeah, like it's just it just makes it so visceral that like the fight itself. I don't know, man. Like I don't know how this dude thinks of these creepy things. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Miyazaki's a happy guy like enjoys coffee and and you know probably watches know. like dave Chappelle. i don't know but like how does he come up with this creepy ass shit because i'm just like dude like childbirth you made it creepy like <laughs> i don't know it's just it's such a visceral thing that like you know i guess like a week out of like <laughs> seeing my baby born like it just it just stuck with me more than like any of the other and there's some really good and creepy gnarly stuff in this game but like just the way like it's limp body comes out and it kind of slides and just smacks down on the floor I think you just pulled the mp3 from the game <laughs> yeah, exactly. just, just yeah just all over the place squishy fart noise all over the place oh. <laughs> How's that for a, a, a episode title? <laughs> Welcome to Monster Dear Monster. <laughs> yes. yeah. That'll go in the list, I guess we're compiling uh, a list of titles now. Oh, man. Um, uh, yeah. No, Follow yeah, up. That's... <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> no, there's, there's, uh, it's, I'm really glad you're touching on that because, like, that's something that I came to realize about Bloodborne after playing through it a few times is that there are, like, these different layers of horror that it works on. And, like, obviously, the, the very first face is the very kind of, like, top surface bestial, like, Victorian horror. And that goes up to the cosmic, like, intellectual horror. And then underneath all of that is, like, this really, like, I don't know. There's this really gross undercurrent of the horror of like reproduction and childbirth. Yeah. Like underneath everything. Cause like once you like, like when you find, um, like when you find a uh, fake Yosefka at the third mm. phase of the moon yeah. and like, she's like all bent over and like, like she's going to have a, a and, baby. Like, yeah. Oh, and then, uh, oh gosh, what's the, like, um, the lady's name that you I can't bring help back but to think, the cathedral? Um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, you're good. I can't help but think like, did Miyazaki have a baby while he was writing this and like was just so traumatized know. by it? Because 
the umbilical cords, yeah, the you, one the, reborn, the umbilical cords, everything. I'm like, you must have had a baby, and you, the midwife tricked you into looking like the midwife tricked me into looking, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> because they all do it. They all say like, hey, like she's doing good, right, Dad? And because they're talking to you, and you're trying to look into the face of the person you love, and someone's talking to you, you can't help but turn your face. And then you're like, oh, hey, that's a head right there. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and so I can't help but feel like, Miyazaki, did you – Miyazaki, please write into Monster Dear Monster. Uh, send us a DM and let us know, did you have a baby while writing this game? Because, yikes. Well, he must have hated his child because, like, the most <laughs> – um, because like in the in you know even like thematically with the great ones not being able to have children like they're all stillborn mm-hmm. and like what's the what's the lady's name that you bring back to the cathedral um, uh, and you have to Ariana you, yeah Ariana you follow her blood trail down the stairs oh yeah yeah see? and you see this like <laughs> crazy alien baby she had mm-hmm. and she literally gone crazy like that was and I didn't get to see that that end of her quest till you know the good couple times through the game and i was like this is the most disturbing thing mm-hmm. and uh, i was an idiot and didn't realize what you know mensis actually you know could be referring to <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like and like the fact that your the blood vials are probably like menstrual blood that you're like breaking onto your leg you're just like this mm-hmm. is whoa there's some stuff <laughs> in the game, and the one reborn is kind of like the most obvious reference to that. Like you said, him like literally being birthed out of, you know, yeah. the sky hole. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking because it's getting gross. <laughs> uh, Dave, your thoughts on this great one made flesh? Uh, well, this is the episode where we switch over to explicit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is all natural stuff, okay? Goodbye, clean podcast. Um, anyway, <laughs> the one reborn. Uh, yeah, as a... It does have that, I guess, uh, Cronenbergian um, body yeah. horror aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's visually it's great i mean that's a you're not gonna forget about this boss or its dramatic entrance um, anytime soon um i think getting a good look at it in game is a little more difficult uh it's that issue um the game has of camera and something so much larger than you unless you're at distance maybe up on the on the, the balconies um taking a look at the the strategy guide um, and the concept art for it, uh, I think gives a little bit of better picture. So there's like the giant larger, uh, skeleton corpse on that rides on its back because it, it's, it's, while it's formed of parts, it's some bits are larger than others. It's, it's arms are specifically fully formed arms. Um, the fingers, however, are legs and, I think they're all just legs, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the the taller skeleton on top, which which forms its weak point. Um, but then where the head would be is just a bunch of skulls. So they took their time crafting individually these small elements to make this like even more horrifying um, than I think just in the idea of an amalgam of parts forming. Uh, a, a monster. 
Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it like barfs all over the ground and it's <laughs> yep. like acidic and can one shot you, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah this, kill this you boss quick. took a couple of runs just because you uh I I messed up the dodge timing and landed in the spew. Mm. Mm. Spew in this. <laughs> no, please don't don't one Don't spew in this little cup. <laughs> <laughs> all right um if, did everyone get their thoughts in on this one uh, uh i think i did not go ahead um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little more that was a little more dramatic than i intended it to be sorry about that <laughs> uh excuse okay. me i did not say anything about the blood reward um i really love how inelegant it is um, to go along with the entire baby thing with the one reborn. Um, not only is it just like this hideous mass of like very carefully crafted like body parts, um, it doesn't have its faculties. It's uh, the bell maidens are attending to it. They're clearly shooting some sort of energy into it when they're not fireballing you. Mm-hmm. And, it there there are just things about it like its flail attack the one where all of its limbs just kind of flail out and kick all at the same time just reminds me of when a baby just has a baby fit and just whines and flails around <laughs> yep. people 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 with babies jake jake does your baby yep. flail around and murder you constantly all the time dude i have to keep on waking up in the hunter's dream and have my wife summon me back to the apartment and it's terrible <laughs> you wake up and it's just the same day over and yep. over again <laughs> oh god until you until until you vanquish that baby um, <laughs> or he goes down for a nap college. either way right right but uh i really i really love that aspect of if this if this were a more mature creature it would probably have better control of its faculties and probably mm. be more of a threat and the fact mm. that it is kind of this infantile freshly born thing is really the only reason we're able to surmount it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I really like it because, honestly, it's the only thing that could possibly exist at the end of that version of Yaha <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going through the streets, there are these boxes with, like, small mountains of corpses dragging yeah. themselves out of it. There are, there are, you know, people fused with the wall. There are wells with human legs for tails <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. you, you just kind of tread through all this body horror cronenberg nonsense and there it is you're like yes this is what's being predicted i've seen this coming <laughs> let's see if we can get through this <laughs> uh i i did, about the people fused to the walls man that is mm. the that is the most disturbing detail in all of Bloodborne to me that mm. it feels like this ritual like finally finished and literally the energy just blew people into like this blue matter into itself and fused it together mm. like that that there's that one t- 
tunnel that has yeah, like yeah, yeah. all the people reaching mm-hmm. out of it that you travel mm-hmm. to, and I'm just like, wow, this this, this something bad, real bad happened here, and I'm glad I didn't have to see it because <laughs> looking at the aftermath is no good. No, it was just the miracle of childbirth. those are all the midwives just smashing into the wall (laughs) and 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 let and let's not forget after the miracle of childbirth you enter into a nightmare yep yep Mm. (laughs) sorry jake (laughs) (laughs) that's all right It's not that uh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, Chalice Dungeons are awesome, too. That's okay. uh, come on now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, well, uh, moving on, Dave, what's your choice? All right. Um, I went with the, the Blood Lickers. So these are the flea uh, ladies that you mm-hmm. encounter in Canehurst. Um, I think it's fitting that they, they, they feel disparate from the other enemies, um, about as much as Kanehurst feels like it's, uh, a lost, uh, Dark Souls 3 level, uh, rather than, uh, a Bloodborne area. Um, and again, this is another enemy where you've, by the time you get to Kanehurst, it's, as it's, it's optional, you could have been, um, overleveled, uh, quote unquote but regardless <laughs> the first enemy you fight can still like one shot you and right. has near unpredictable um bounding uh i don't know i had a lot of trouble with these and eventually went back i think after i had completed the dlc and then um just made sure i was able to kill all of the the blood lickers before going into into the castle, um, as opposed to just beeline trying to run to that door and like pray open open door please before they they catch up. <laughs> um, what I what I like is even in um, this first area, there's basically two different forms of them. There's ones that are completely sa- um, satiated with blood, and they're just lethargic, kind of <sighs> sitting bloated like a gross frog in the corner um full of blood and they they're less effective uh versus the the ones that are a little bit hungrier and um scuttling around at uh gross speed (laughs) all over the (laughs) all over the level um up and down like the i'm glad they're not on the walls that would be like the worst if they could be hanging on the side of a wall and drop down on you or something yeah Um, I think I would have liked that even even less <laughs> than them just <laughs> kind of in the distance and then um, making up that ground like super fast once they um, they spot you. Uh, and it's another one where it's difficult to um, get around and do like a backstab. They just mm. they turn really really fast for something that looks like it mm. shouldn't um, spin around in uh, in a three sixty <laughs> that quickly. <laughs> Yeah, they do like a funny little hop to turn around. Yeah, like, kind of just like oh, like they kind of like hip hop. <laughs> it's kind of goofy looking, but yeah, this is another enemy like similar to the um, to the apostles that like move in like this really gross, like accurate uh, insect like way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that they, they like, like you said, the way they skirt, yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's just like, ew. And they've got like their gross, distended stomach, and like, and then yeah. their face is real creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah, they have that, they're just uh, the worst. That early 2000s, um, Japanese horror where let's yeah. just put their long hair, their long black hair over their face so you can't really see their features, mm. uh, until they suck the blood out of you um and then we you know we get their appearance in the um hunters or the um, old hunters uh dlc and Mm. they're markedly different as far as their behavior in that um which actually comes because because they're living in a river of blood yeah they're they're Mm. full (laughs) they they got what they wanted whatever Mm -hmm. yeah um. Oh, gross! He's posted. There we go. Jake's put a photo like, in chat. I'm oh. looking at it. I'm looking at the wiki, and I'm like, I, you guys have to look at it too. <laughs> so disgusting. I think my yeah. favorite detail about these guys, though, is that in um, I keep bringing up Chalice Dungeons, but in the Chalice Dungeons, if you perform a visceral attack of any kind, um, you mm. leave the room and you come back, they are drawn to that room because of all the blood you've left there. And they're feeding on that spot that you've that you uh, performed the visceral attack on the enemy, which is actually oh, really cool. cool. Yeah. So and I had to figure I couldn't figure out why they were just randomly popping up in the dungeons. I'm like, that's weird. And then uh, I finally read that's like that's what attracts them there. Like, Man, that's such a neat Ooh. idea. Ooh. And also creepy that they're yeah. just like crawling through the tunnels and uh, waiting for you know the source of blood to kind of lick up and just, <laughs> gross. Yeah. Yeah, no, these things are absolutely awful and I hate them. Uh, not from a design standpoint, I love the design and they're very cool looking and they don't actually like cause me any kind of discomfort to look at. I just can't fight these things for the life of me. Hard. <laughs> I have never, not once, managed to kill one of the ones outside Kanehurst. Oh, and that's not wow. for lack of trying. <laughs> The ones in the DLC, they're fine. They're slow. They kind of just sit there and they go back if you go like more than a couple meters away. The ones outside of Kanehurst, I cannot deal with for some reason. I just can't. Uh, they're so annoying. And then I run inside and there's ghosts everywhere. But that's what I was doing. <laughs> so it's like, do you want to stay outside with the giant flea lady or do you want to go in and get yelled at by dead people? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't want to hide these things. I just want to go through Kanehurst because I like it's like just atmosphere and everything. But you have to deal with these things, and no, they're they're really cool from a design point. I love them. Uh, they're actually very satisfying. The ones in the Hunter's Nightmare and the DLC, they're very satisfying to pop. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, it's it's just um. Yeah, no, I can't deal with them. They're, 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 my, they're my that one soul's enemy. Mm. <laughs> the one thing I can't beat. <laughs> Jake, oh, uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, man. Uh, I guess it just goes back to bugs, and they're so tick-like. Um, the ones that are just running around that are hungry, those don't really bother me. Um other than the hopping and stuff like that is like kind of like annoying when you're trying to fight them. But like that picture that I posted of a swollen one, dear God, it's just like disturbing, like how skeletal they look yet. They're like belly is so engorged with blood. Um, and 
again, like how I dealt with black widows, I've dealt with ticks in my area <laughs> where I live <laughs> and like having to like pull these things off of your dogs and like, or like thinking you've sprayed them and tick bathe them and spraying your house with this funky smelling stuff. So they are not in there. And then all of a sudden you maybe missed a spot or something and they're on your dog or they, when they fall off your dog and it's like this gray, like pinto bean looking thing. You're like, what the hell? Well, we're eating burritos and the bean fell off and like kind of like, you know, got moldy. And you're like, no, that's a freaking swollen tick. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like pop up. Oh, yeah. It's just like the heebie jibbies of it, I guess. Like, especially that one, that first one you find, like the other ones, you're like, oh man, these guys are jumping around. Um, you know, I guess you, you handle them, but then you, it, like, the one is in the corner, right? Like, just yeah. when it's back to you, and it's yeah, just chowing like, down. Yeah, and you're like, what is this? And, like, it doesn't even care about you because it's chowing down, yeah. And it's just such a disturbing thing. Like, ugh. <laughs> That's why I was, like, looking at the Wikipedia, and I was like, I have to send this to you guys in the chat because I'm like, <laughs> I can't be the only one looking at this right now talking about it. So. <laughs> um, this is but, a gross episode yeah, of the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah that's, that's that's pretty much my thoughts on it it's just it's the skinny one's cool the swollen belly ones no <laughs> like, <laughs> just disgusting leonard what about you man uh man these are yeah these are really really tough like yeah i don't understand why they had to make them so hard uh, they're fast. A, they're faster than than you'd think. Like the moment you get the attention of one and it scuttles towards you, you're like, "Wow, that's a lot faster than I think that thing would move." It attacks really fast. It uh, it attacks really fast in succession. It's a amazingly difficult enemy. Um, I <laughs> want to talk about the big fu that FromSoft gives you in the DLC when you first hit the River of Blood, and there's the one facing away from you, and everyone has the same thought. They're like, oh, I hate these things, but now I can just backstab it and maybe get a visceral. <laughs> and then it just mule kicks you right in the face. And I'm just like, oh, you bastard. I hate you so much. I hate you so much that you 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 tricked me so hard with that. And it just makes me angry. And, and I keep trying. I'm like, maybe I can figure out a way to do it. It just makes me so angry that I can't do that <laughs> and that they set it up to trick me so badly. But it I, you and then, like the three other ones start throwing up blood on you. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's like they're laughing at you. They're just laughing yeah. and vomiting at you because you got kicked in the face. I'm just like, uh, why, why is it got to be like this? Um, but yeah, they're really, really super gross. And I think that it's actually kind of, uh, as far as, as like this weird beast plague thing, I think it's really interesting that I, I'm not going to presume that these might be remnants of Kanehurst, but I think it's really interesting that they lean towards the vampiric side of the horror mm -hmm. as mm. At, which is something that they kind of hint at with with the Kanehurst nobles and that the the 
beasts that surround the the vicinity of their castle are in fact these bloodsuckers that are just obsessed with it to the point that they they blowed up like honeypot ants. <laughs> this is a weird way to think about it. This is Bloodborne's version of a vampire. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Take oh, that, Twilight. Take like vampire, <laughs> yeah. God, that would be such a creepy mythos change if they did that with vampires. Just like a tick-like oh. parasite. Oh, man. Like, it's not I about mean, like being all fancy and ritzy and seductive. It's about... Yeah. I need to fill my belly, and I'm a tick. <laughs> I, I would pay lots of money to watch Tom Cruise play that that type of character. <laughs> I think he already did in uh, uh, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> I maintain his best role. Yeah, yeah, true. One hundred percent. That's the one he had the most fun playing. Yeah, oh, Tom yeah. as the tick from Bloodborne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dude. Gross. But yeah, that's that's I I love the design of the blood lickers. Hate fighting them at Kanehurst. Kind just kind of salty about them in the Hunter's Nightmare. <laughs> All right, Ugh. I think that's. Uh... The blood liquor sorted. Um, Leonard, uh, what did you choose? I chose uh, Ludwig, uh, yes, yes. the uh, the church hunter, the the uh, beloved hunter of the church, and uh, you uh, eventually follow that river of blood in the hunter's nightmare uh, to a man. What would you? What would you call Ludwig's arena? Is it? I believe it's called the Corpse Pile. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's right. <laughs> but but I, I, I yes, I, I it's just a really. It feels like a room that they they just disposed of corpses in. Um, and you get uh this really fantastic uh introduction cutscene where you get uh this. Uh, bony little bloody skeleton man petitioning you for help. Uh, and he tells you uh, that Ludwig the Accursed is coming and you're getting these flashes of like limbs and just you don't know what you're looking at. Is that Was that a mouth with eyes? And then you get the full shot and it's this like just horrific man horse eye mouth thing that screeches at you and then the fight starts and man it it you have you ha- uh, it's he's relentless he's like this he's a beast that is after you he wants to trample you he's swiping he's Screaming, he's charging, he's jumping and crawling on the ceiling, and you get him to half health, and then he becomes a man again. <laughs> he, he 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 regains his sanity, and he 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 becomes a man, and um he becomes a man wielding the moonlight greatsword because the coolest cutscene in in the game. Yes, <laughs> it's oh, so yeah. cool. 
and then you have this duel with the the once horrible monster horse thing wielding the moonlight greatsword. I love Ludwig, and I have a lot of really weird theories, but what do you guys think about Ludwig the Accursed and Ludwig the Holy Blade? Uh, I I love Ludwig. I'm gonna put that out there. Um, the the number one the number one connect. Hey, not like that. Uh, the number one connection there, um, is it, the score for the Ludwig fight is mm-hmm. so good. Yes, um, it's what I cook to actually. Generally, <laughs> if I'm cooking, I just put it on loop. <laughs> and I just stand there chopping out. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, it is great. Um, I love, I love the Ludwig fight because it is the level check for the DLC. Yeah. Up to that point, (laughs) you can, you can be like level 20 running around doing whatever the hell you want. You know, oh, run circles around this guy, run circles around that guy. You get to Ludwig, he touches you and you're dead. (laughs) You, You literally need to have like a certain level if you're just the average player like myself. You need to be of a certain level or higher to feasibly beat the fight. And I think that's really good because the DLC was introduced as a sort of higher to end game thing, even though you can get in fairly early, uh, right after Vicar Amelia. But it did a really good point of proving past this point, stuff's going to get rough. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what else? Um, the cutscene where he pulls out the Moonlight Greatsword is probably one of the most hype hyped moments in a Souls game <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> it wasn't in the base game. You know, in the base game, we had the big greatsword and we made it into the Moonlight Greatsword by putting a blue incense resin thing on it. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's as close as we'll get in this yeah. game. And then like, mm-hmm. first boss of the DLC, there it is. You've been looking for it. It's right there. <laughs> and it's a cool weapon as well when you get it as well. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and my favorite detail is after you beat him, when it's he's just a severed head on the ground. If you're wearing <laughs> church, yeah, if you're wearing church hunter clothes, you can go and talk to him, and he's like, "Oh, is the church doing okay? Are they fending off the beast?" And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, it's okay, buddy. Give me your sword." <laughs> <laughs> or you can just say like, "Nah, nah, they they messed up real good." And he just goes crazy, and it's so very obviously just a man trying to do horse noises. <laughs> yeah, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> um, Stephen, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I like uh, touching on the Moonlight Greatsword. Like, I've never been like huge on the Moonlight Greatsword. Like, I've always I always thought it looked kind of neat. Um, but I think this is the most fun version to use of it. Um, I also like that it's a they kind of stick it to all the haters of Arcane that it scales with mm. Arcane. Like, say, so yeah, screw you guys. Arcane's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, yeah, I love this fight a whole lot. Like, this was, um, I, I guess I'm, I'm one of those, those crazy people who really like the beast fights in the, in the base game. So having, like, mm. this crazy amalgam beast fight that was, like, this like you said, he's charging. He's he's giant. He's screen filling. Even whenever the the camera pulls back, whenever you walk into the arena, um, but he's still so quick uh, and agile. And like, I actually think that first half of the fight is way harder than the first. Um, 
but uh like I, like from a lore perspective and like you said it's it's cool that that the church hunters like their rifle and their sword are like these smaller approximations of the uh of the church cannon and Ludwig's holy uh uh holy moonlight blade um and it was like you know this is like like yeah, like you said, it's so hype whenever that thing pulls out and the music is happening, and then he stands up and he has it. You're like, this is the coolest, and then he slams it on your face. You're like, oh, I died. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so um, yeah, this is all around. This is a wonderful uh, introduction into a series of my favorite boss fights in the series. So mm. you know, like yeah, I'm I'm all on the Ludwig uh, love train. All aboard! Here we go. <laughs> uh, uh, a, a quick note: as I, as much as I hate to be a braggart about this, uh, because I'm a, a a crazy person, I completed uh, the Chalice Dungeons, all of them, and got the Yarnum Stone before uh, the DLC came out, uh, and yeah. and then didn't beat the game because I knew the DLC was coming out and uh, proceeded to uh, beat Ludwig on my first try only oh. because I was probably crazy over leveled for awesome. it. <laughs> I stood there for four hours at level 35 and you're saying <laughs> you did that. Oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What about uh what about you, Jake? What do you think of little, um, little big I actually have like I don't want to say that most of the in Dark Souls I didn't have any connection with any of like the NPCs or anything. Mm. And then in Bloodborne, um before I got into the DLC, like Eileen was the one like that shocked me when you find her like bleeding out on the steps. Like I was like mm. legit like you're watching a movie where your favorite character is about to die. Like I had that moment, like, oh my god, what? Like, and I it's the first time I've connected with the NPC on like Bloodborne. But then when I played the DLC, um, like, I think like Ludwig actually like broke my heart getting into mm. his lore, and like that's the mm. thing that like like when you're describing his fight, where it's like he's just this like, uh, like just like you said, walking up, you're following this trail of blood. And the one that got to me is there's that one corpse that's like banging against that like fence on the outside. Oh yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, like, like the horror and like I guess the like I don't know, like that was like so visceral to me to see this like person that's like flayed and just like so desperate to get out that they're pounding on this fence when you're like the exit is on your right, like you're so desperate to get out, you're, you know, whatever. And then like walking in and those random corpses that kind of rise and then like mm. go back down. Oh, like just everything about him. The guy calling like, "Help, he's coming!" And then you see this bloodthirsty monster. And then um, the one that gets to me though is like when he has like that moment of he he's come to his senses. Like you know my you know my true mentor. You've been there this whole time. Mm, yeah. And then it's like he's a man, but then he's still a beast. It's not until you kill him that I feel like he really comes into himself. And then seeing like you said when you're wearing the the church garb or whatever it is that like he's like oh like and then i remember like when i because i did the song on him and like so i'm looking up at the, you know the wikipedias and the lore and all that stuff and seeing that like he was like you know the holy blade like he was this like um i guess person that wanted to do good and he even trained the yarnamites right the honorable spartans 
Like, mm. it's not just going to be me here saving you. Like, you know, the whole, like, teach a man to fish type of situation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you guys don't need a savior. You can save yourselves. So let me show you how. And then, like, then the church, like, elder people, like, talking about it. What was it? De- degradation? I didn't even know what that word was until, like, he said it in the game. De- degradation or something like that? I can't even say it now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, hood life. <laughs> I never said that before. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I'm like, you're using a lot of big words, Ludwig. I'm going to take them as disrespect. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it was just like, oh, so do that. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm getting into this. And then he's just like, you know, how are they doing? And then, like, you know, you kind of like lie to him or whatever. And it's just like this heartbreaking thing where it's just like the thing you were fighting, you became like the like even like with uh, what's his face? Um, ah, uh, Father Gascoigne. Like mm, mm. the thing you were supposed to stop, you became the thing you were, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just so like heartbreaking. And it's, it's, it's crazy. The more you like have to kind of dig into it to, for it to break your heart. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. And then just, he's like a completely different kind of monster. Like, yeah. Mm. Um, it's only, like, you know, like how, like the, you know, the, how the righteous fall or how the great have fallen, like, like, man, like, you were supposed to be the savior type of a thing, and you're so gnarly. You're, like, half horse. Like, you've got, like, two head things going on. Um, you're just trying to stand like a man, but it's it's kind of – I mean, it's still super intimidating, but, like, you're you're not who you once were. You're this monster now. Um, ah, dude, it's just – it's with all the other gory and gruesome stuff that's happening in it, it's, like, the – I guess, like, the – the heart thing that's getting to me the most in this like fight and battle and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I know I kind of took that more serious than, you know, the baby being born and squishy fart noises, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of the wonderful things about these games. It's like, if you just take it at surface level, you have fun, you get spooked. <laughs> um, uh, you have these awesome moments, but then it lets you dig into the lore yourself. And the more you dig into it, the more connected you get. And I guess that's where even me doing these songs came from. Because I'm just like, I can't just let Ludwig not have a song. I can't just not let Father Gascoigne <laughs> have the sad song. I, I got to talk about it. And I'm not cool enough like body video to do a video. So <laughs> <laughs> I got to rap shout about out. it. So um, yeah, shout out Body Video. When are you going to show up on Monster Dear Monster, by the way, Body? Um, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good time. Yeah, good time He's not doing nothing. <laughs> Yeah, Get another no. Aussie on the podcast. He's like, how many? Uh, yeah, like how many uh, Dark Souls three DLC videos can you do, Vadi? Just come on, just pop on <laughs> Monster Dear Monster. <laughs> but yeah, that's my thoughts on Ludwig. So yeah, I I I did want to uh, um, say a few few other things about Ludwig, uh, kind of taking off from where where Jake was. Which is the the thing about Ludwig that really gets to me is that Ludwig was a true believer. He believed that the church was doing good. He believed that the Yarnamites could conquer the Scourge of Beasts if they just organized themselves. He believed that the 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 little guidance sprites were were things that were leading him towards leading him and allowing him to lead others towards this future that was 
better than the life that they had now. And mm-hmm. it all, it was all a lie. And it's, he is honestly, I consider Ludwig to probably be the most tragic figure in Bloodborne because he really, there, there was no cynicism. He really believed what he was doing was right. Um, mm-hmm. And I really love, I, I really love the, the line. I didn't want to know what they were. I didn't. And at mm. some point he realized what was happening and it, it was too much for him. It broke him. Yeah. yeah. The, Dave, what about you, man? What do you think of? Yeah, you guys uh, <laughs> did a really good job uh, <laughs> covering uh, good old Ludwig. Um, yeah, uh, I went into the, the DLC. Oh, was I? It's, I had to probably been like under, at or under like level 60. This was like really brutal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this fight. Um but I think it's it's probably one of the the most iconic uh, fights in the game. We don't really get uh, it's it's the one where we get a cutscene and some voice acting um, from the boss, and it it does a really good job of putting into perspective what some of these um, church members and hunters are are thinking. I mean, we have the small bit with Gascoigne, but this thing really hammers it home that yeah some of these guys um were that sort of uh zealot um you know for their cause and it wasn't just all about people knowing what they were doing uh say with um lady maria where she was disgusted and just kind of quit but she was already doing something uh that was was you know was wrong um morally i guess uh, but on the flip side, we get these other characters that they're doing something they believe in and fighting for like, like this higher cause. But in the end, they're just making everything like way worse. So <laughs> it's it's not it's it's a tragic event that just begets like more tragedy. Um, Mm -hmm. I think from a design point of view, it's super interesting to see that he has this sort of like horse amalgam because it's completely different than the transformations. I mean, why, why a horse is it? Is he from somewhere else? Um, everyone else in Yarnum, at least with the Yarnum blood turns into a beast or at least, uh, something resembling the um, elder god that they got blood or fluid from. Mm. Um, so what made it so that Ludwig is part horse? Did he ride around on a horse? Is this like a Brundlefly thing where he combined <laughs> with his own horse? Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, I just it, it, I think it begs the question, like, how did that turn out that way? And that's uh, also... Um, in our our previous episode, when we just dis- discussed um, potentially like a, a prequel, like if they if Romsoft mm-hmm. went back and, and talked about either events that led up to this, which I don't think they need to do, but maybe the differences how we see in Kanehurst where the um, the Beast Curse manifests completely differently 
um, these areas outside of Yarnum, uh, we, we get information that this is, you know, a global thing. This is worldwide um, problem. Um, but these outsiders that come in, uh, what was the beast? How did it manifest um, in in their areas and some of their stories? I think that would be like really cool to to eventually experience. I would also, I mean, I would read like a novelization of this. I'd like oh, to yeah, read like a awesome. book, yeah. <clears throat> um, even just a selection of short stories. Um, uh, it'd be great if that was canon. I'm not, you know, not to mm. knock on fan fiction, but I would like to, you know, read something official. Um, Maybe yeah. on these yeah, or yeah. some of their origin stories. I don't even doesn't even necessarily need to like tie loose ends together, but stuff that just happened before all of this, you know, maybe stories of Gascoigne like in his youth in his own country. That that kind of thing I think would be really cool to see. Um, yeah, and how if if any way that that manifests um, in their descent into beasthood. I mean, you know, Gascoigne is from somewhere else, but he still turns into, like, a werewolf. So, right. why? I mean, just uh, specifically mm-hmm. because of it's yarn and blood. Mm. So I think that's what I uh, came away from this um, this encounter with more, more questions than answers. <laughs> as, as, as a lot of this uh, uh, does prompt. <laughs> Alright. Um, so- any other thoughts on uh, Ludwig? I did just want to bring up one last thing, and it's about Ludwig's design and one of his attacks specifically. There's a definite arcane element to Ludwig that you don't see in any of the other beasts, and that's yeah. mainly coming from the second head, mm-hmm. You've, you've which literally has eyes on the inside, and <laughs> it's that, and it's that, it's that water spray vomit attack that the other head yeah (laughs) it's it's the it it, because it isn't blood and we know that it could very well be blood but it's not blood and then when you finally get up into the research hall you get all of this stuff about uh people imbibing water into the into their themselves and i'm just wondering if maybe ludwig's some weird amalgamation of like the you know choir's arcane and the the beasts uh kind of two sides of the the bloodboard equation because like i said it's really really interesting that he he has that that death being vomit attack and also just the ability that he's the only beast that we encounter other than Gascoigne who really goes off the goes off at the end that regains a sense of self um you know midway through the fight and after you defeat him yeah that's actually really interesting uh especially cuz so he's a hunter, so, you know, beast play, yada, yada, yada. But then all descriptions of the Holy Moonlight Sword talk about, you know, those sprites, right? Those things sort of guiding his growth, almost, yeah. seemed like. Yeah, yes. so that could be the pool between kin and beast, and maybe that's what came out of it. That's a good idea. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's all that is. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, looks like we got some uh, responses in. Um, yeah, we're yeah we got to think just enough time to dig through those. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's oh look, there's five responses and five of us. <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, Cameron, if you could take the first one. Yeah, uh, our first response comes from our very own Big Papa Nito at Glabrous Nito. Uh, a moment that stays with me was never being able to save the music box girl. Took three playthroughs to realize that not everyone can be saved. Although learning that sending her to the clinic got you a rune helped with the disappointment. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, her her story is one of the ones that really sticks with me. It's sort of, um, you know, it's the story of small people in the apocalypse. It's literally this little girl who just wants her mom and dad to come home. And everything goes to hell. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, very touching. Yeah, that's like, that's the first uh, NPC that you can really encounter in Bloodborne that's going to let you know that their um, their writing and their storytelling is going to be like, where it's emotion more on its sleeve. Like, there's some emotional stuff with Solaire and, um, oh gosh, Onion Bro in Dark Souls 1. I don't want to <laughs> say the wrong name. What's his name? Zeke oh, yeah, Ziegmeier. Um, like, there's emotion to be had in those in those quest lines, but it, it kind of takes some working to get to it um, to try and actually trigger those those scenes. But like, this is like right off the bat, it plays on your sympathy towards a young child to try and help her, um, only to just ruin her life by murdering all that's left of her family. <laughs> yeah. Or or you know, and then you know, you can either send her to the clinic or down a tunnel to be eaten by a pig. Like, yeah. it's just like. Like you said, yeah, like this is, there's no, there's literally no good ending for her other than to just not talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, oh, and we also shouldn't forget about the other sister whose yeah. life oh, we yeah. completely ruined yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that everyone's like, oh, that little girl, and no one's like, oh, yeah, that, that, chick that fell down that ladder no one cares about there what a handkerchief i'll take it fine the messenger's what yeah, yeah. get the clean handkerchief <laughs> they look so cute i know that one that one's always been a bit weird with me i've never been fully convinced that the other girl was actually her sister but uh, you know it's one of those things where there's sort of the room for it seems a bit weird some of the stuff she says and i'm like uh, right i don't Mm, don't immediately trust you, person who got really happy when I handed you a bloodstained handkerchief your little sister used to wear. Let's <laughs> uh, see. Stephen, how about you take the next response? Sure. This is uh, from at Global Mega Dude. Uh, he says, I love the Orphan of Cos Arena. Thick with atmosphere, and once you know the story behind him, it's sad to see him uh, stood there when you enter. Which, yeah, like that's the, I keep forgetting because by now I've got the fight down. So it usually, by the time I'm there, I'm leveled to a point that I don't really have to fight him more than once. But whenever you kill him, um, or I mean, whenever you're fighting him and then you die and then you go back into the arena, he's just standing there, really Mm. sad looking. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, buddy, it's okay. And then he screeches at you, and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, and he smacks you with a placenta, and you're like, all yeah. right, well. 
You must mm. die now. Yeah, that's how you're going to play. <laughs> how many babies will I have to murder before this nightmare is over? <laughs> so many. All of them. So lot. many babies. <laughs> yeah. No. The, the Orphan of Cause sort of just atmosphere around the arena and the lead up as well where you just go all the praying slash dead fishmen. Uh, it, it's super... Yeah, yeah it, it's super, super atmospheric. I really love it. And just that first cutscene where he sort of crawls out as well is super sad because, you know, just looks up in, at the moon and screams and then turns into, like, an adult man's sob, which is really creepy and at the same time really sad. Uh, really interesting thing about that adult man man sob is the fact that it sounds shockingly similar to German crying when he's asleep in the hunter's dream when you find him behind the workshop. Mm, Time for a paternity test, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Where's man. Mori when you need him? I was about to say, could you imagine Yarna Mori Povich? It'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the father. <laughs> yeah. Gascoigne just transforms and just starts hopping all over the set. Great. <laughs> oh, God. Uh. Oh, man. All right, Jake. Uh, the next yeah. one's yours. All right. So this one's from at. May underscore Sinclair, uh, which I still need to play Final Fantasy fourteen with. Uh, I did make a creator, May, so um, <laughs> just got to get into it. Um, she actually has like a really uh, filled uh, uh, response here. So favorite monsters from Bloodborne, the regulars, the town folk. Um, I think it does one of the best job of making you fear terrified townsfolk. Some other love of monsters in Bloodborne, um, Parl. Um, am I saying that right? And I always yeah, say it yeah, after no like um, Rick. <laughs> I always do the like the Rick from The Walking Dead, Coral. So I go Coral. <laughs> That's exactly what I think. Of. <laughs> it's Coral. Yeah. Um, I hate fighting him, but in a version of Frankenstein's monster done in a truly terrifying way. Murgo's wet nurse. The positioning of her sword arms is angelic. Mm. It speaks so much um, to. Um, is she a demon or are you? And the mad wolf beast that casts fire beating on the door that beats on the door leading to Cathedral Ward. Um, he invites many questions. So that's a, yeah. a, beast a lot of good soul. ones. Yeah, yeah the a pit. He's in a lot of the chalice dungeons. He's a, a frequent boss there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun fact about Parl, though, that's, uh, that's the boss that Miyazaki uh, specifically himself um, designed. Yeah, it's oh, cool. Yeah, that, he, like he himself took took care of that one for. I guess I don't, I don't know why, but he likes giant <laughs> skeletons. I don't know. I yeah. like fighting. Uh, I like fighting Paro personally. I think he's a lot of fun to like yeah. break his limbs down and everything. Like yeah, that. it's really satisfying. That's so satisfying to watch all the electricity just fall off. Mm-hmm. Be like, yes. Oh, it's a cool effect too. Just all the. Uh arcing sparks and everything yeah. the whole fight mm-hmm. he's just mm-hmm. statically yeah. charged <laughs> until you hit him hard enough and he just collapses like every Dark Souls skeleton hit with a mace yep yeah. <laughs> it's like yes yeah I think the when she's brought up the townsfolk the sound design for them 
is so gnarly and creepy, and I think that adds mm-hmm. more to them being terrible. I mean, I know when you first start off, they're like the hardest thing ever, and then getting in a mob <laughs> of them is like game instant game over. <laughs> yeah, like, first courtyard you come across. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, but um, man, like some of the stuff they say, like base, get away, and and away with mm-hmm. you, and all this like crazy stuff they shout at you is like. Oh man, the way they did the sound on that was so awesome and creepy and eerie. That is just like they like. I'm like, you guys are the monsters. I'm not the monster, but they're so convinced that you're the beast. As you're hacking uh, away at them, right? <laughs> you know, exactly. I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're the monster. I'm putting you down. Um, yeah. And then um, I also like. I gotta say, Murgle's wet nurse was one of my favorite um, mm. bosses in the game. That's such a great um, design. Yeah, yeah, and like the yeah with the swords, um, I love the little like the music in the background, the little bell. The was it like lullaby in the background? Yeah, yeah it's it's, um, it's the music box music, the same as yeah. the yeah. little girl. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, which and, um, questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Like, I, it's one of those like I guess I don't really know too much on the lore. Um, hmm. Because I, I guess we're not really supposed to know, right? Like, I guess it's like the face is invisible. I forget whose video I was watching. Um, yeah. Maybe it was uh, Richard's, but like where they're saying that like you don't have the insight to see the face. So that's why you don't see the face. Maybe. I don't huh. know. Hmm, that'd um, be interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of like we're, I don't know, I guess, yeah, you don't have enough insight. Like even if you're at 99 insight, like kind of like <laughs> the idea is like this being is so much superior than you, your mind can't fathom it. So that's why its face is invisible. Um, I don't know, but there's just something about like the and then the idea of it being a wet nurse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that yeah. thing. Like, why would this thing be a wet nurse? I don't understand like why that concept would happen. But it just I don't know. It's, well, it's, it's an a, interesting. Not baby shaped, invisible baby. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he, well. Well, and also, why would you need the wet nurse that mother's like an elevator ride down? Just have her take care of it. <laughs> yeah, I know. All she's doing is staring up at it, and she's like, oh, if only I had the wherewithal to see my baby. But no, you take care of it. Yeah. Dangerous-looking <laughs> fellow on lass. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. All right, um, I'll do the next one, although I probably should have had Cameron read this one. <laughs> so it's from nah, it's uh, all right. at Sapphire Melody, uh, who says, Meeting the brain of Mensis was particularly jarring, even though I like eyes. <laughs> His and, eyes are uh, beautiful. Yeah, as well, this is an example of eyes on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love um, after you sort of plunged it down into the pit, you can go down and you just sort of stand there and watch it, watch you. <laughs> it's it's interesting to watch it kind of just track you and then it just doesn't do anything. Even if you start hitting it, you feel really bad for attacking it. <laughs> oh, I don't. I got to get that living stream. Yeah. Dude. I get down those chalices. <laughs> I didn't feel bad at all either. I'm like, cause that's, that's the thing that like shoots those blood spears at you when you first walk in. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The yeah. yeah. So, it's the so I'm like, sound. no, I, you can you can die. I don't like you. Um, <laughs> I had those weird freaking sideways face monsters coming at me that burst into like snake worm thingies after I kill them. 
and you're shooting spears at me. No, you can die. <laughs> I do like uh, it is jarring to like, even though like you get kind of a look at it whenever whenever you pull the lever, but like the way you come upon it because it's completely it's actually is a little bit like the abyss in Dark Souls One where you can't see the mm. floor or anything around you, and it actually oh, yeah. kind of scared the crap out of me because I wasn't expecting <laughs> it. Um, so I had my torch out, you know, it's kind of going around and giant eye is staring at me from out of the darkness and it's <laughs> me so bad. I was like, whoa! I ran away and I was like, oh, you know, it's just sitting there doing its thing. It's got like its one little hand that also might be the, you know, thing that connected it to the rest of a body at one point in time. I'm not real sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that it was really, really telling that once it's back in that abyss, abyssal area, it isn't hostile. It doesn't mm-hmm. frenzy you. It, 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 and, and it, when, when you, when you get the cutscene of it, of it falling back in, you can notice that not only is it chained, but it has spikes driven yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it feel like this thing was just being used as like a sentry to keep people away and that it what it wasn't it was just projecting like its pain and hostility out to anything that it could see yeah because because it also affects the enemies in the area as well that's true oh I don't care if someone's going to kill it. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say the same thing. I'm like, maybe I jumped the gun on killing it. Nah, no, I didn't. I needed that platinum trophy, yo. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Leonard. uh, Our our last response is for you to read. (laughs) All right. And this is from at Ninja Badger 7. For me, playing as a hunter in Bloodborne, compared to being the chosen undead of Dark Souls, definitely affected my perspective when it came to dealing with monsters in this game. In Souls, I felt you are just dealing with everything in front of you to get to the eventual end point. Uh, Whereas in contrast with Bloodborne, I feel like the slayer of evil. I feel as a nameless hunter, I felt as a nameless hunter, it was my job to cleanse the streets of Yarnum and peer into the rabbit hole of cosmic horror. I think this monster slaying mindset allowed me to push through the difficulty at times and think to myself, no, I am a hunter. This is what I do, and I will overcome this. Uh, the design of the trick weapons takes hunting to a whole new level, uh, individually crafted and designed to give you that small sense of empowerment and a chance against the horror. And there's a little bit. Oh, more. sorry. <laughs> uh, I think the monster design throughout is ex- uh, designed throughout is expertly thought out, allowing the player to experience situations that push the boundaries, such as the Winter Lanterns and the Johnny Bravo <laughs> brain suckers. I forgot that we called them that. <laughs> just, my her- <laughs> just my early morning Bloodborne thoughts. Uh, dear. And that's uh, courtesy of our other co-host, Matt. Yep. It's really funny that like he touches on being a hunter, comparing that to being a chosen undead in Dark Souls. Like that is exactly my my thoughts coming away from Bloodborne. Is that it was a big deal to me whenever I beat the first boss and it said that I 
that the prey was slaughtered as opposed to me achieving victory. Um, And then both in the DLC and at the end of the game, it says nightmare slain at the end. So we are both a slayer of nightmares and a slaughterer of prey in this, as opposed to an undead striving to achieve victory. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually really like to for my interpretation of the game, the meta interpretation of it in the same way that the only way to actually beat dark souls is to, stop playing and that is the only way to quit perpetuating the cycle um (laughs) which you know like and that feeds into every time you start again it gets harder and you get more angry at it which means you're going more hollow as a player um Mm -hmm. and this the it's that next level up we are now a hunter we are actively hunting as opposed to being chosen to go on a quest um we're actively hunting this down and the more we play, the harder it gets and the more we are soaked in the blood and the more we as the player become blood drunk and we succumb to the, you know, to the, uh, it, this bloodborne beast curse um, until we can beat it and ascend to, you know, being a great one. But I don't know, like that was exactly like that kind of like meta interpretation of the player coming from dark souls into bloodborne as we are now actively seeking out this kind of experience and we are hunting i always personally like to look at it um uh at the perspective of dark souls is is uh is portrayed as an an empowerment fantasy but it's ultimately a lie because you are constantly being manipulated mm. by everybody uh in the game everyone that knows more than you do is manipulating you to achieve their own ends and that kind of holds true for bloodborne but you if you are diligent enough and you don't just go out and hunt and just kill without thinking. If you piece this mystery together, you basically ascend to godhood in Bloodborne. And I always thought that that was uh, a really interesting uh, difference between the two. Like you, the no matter what in Dark Souls, you are always a pawn. And you are able to break free of that in Bloodborne if you take the time to to piece together this mystery. Yep. Yeah. I just want a gif of the Thug Life sunglasses, like onto the slug <laughs> at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, dude. <laughs> All right, guys. Sorry, um, I'm sorry. That's, uh, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm over let's here thinking, like, how can I make that happen? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts uh, before we wrap this up? Uh, no, no, no. This is fun. No, I'm good. This is good. Yeah. Good episode. Yeah, Bloodborne uh, is good. <laughs> Bloodborne is a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, for uh, y'all uh, taking the time to to join us for this, um, I guess I'll just go down the list. Uh, Cameron, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me as always on Twitter at night underscore Twitter uh, underscore Twitten pun without a K. Um, I'd also like to give a special shout out to one of our responders day um, at Sapphire underscore Melody is a part of a really great. D&D podcast, uh, that's Dungeons and Dragons, if you don't know, uh, 
It's called Pretend Wizards. You can find them on Twitter <laughs> at Pretend Wizards. Uh, they're fantastic. I've been listening for a few years now. They're great. Uh, they do have 186 episodes currently, so beware of that if you want to try and get in. But if you have the time or just a lot of dishes to do, uh, I'd suggest giving them a listen. <laughs> uh, Stephen, where can people find you? Uh, I am at StepsVayu on Twitter. That's S-T-E-P-S-V-A-Y-O-O. Um, and uh, I also do a podcast rather infrequently at the moment because I'm in the middle of moving and I don't have the internet set up at the new house or anything like that. So it's all it's all a mess. Um, but I do a podcast called Existential Breakdown where I, I ramble and rant and rave about goings-ons in video games and entertainment because it's fun. Jake, where can we find you? Cool. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Lionheart. Um, I also uh, am a co-host on a podcast called The Salt Report. Um, you can find us on iTunes, um, on Fireside, where the Salt Report Fireside.fm, um, where we just three salty internet nerds talk about salty video game and cosplay and other nerdy stuff. <laughs> um, just brace yourself. We've been on me and co-host Nikki have been on this like weird Final Fantasy fourteen kick. So. Uh, our third member, Kay, has been sleeping or sewing cosplay stuff while we we cry about that stupid game. But um, <laughs> I will say this. Uh, when is this episode airing? Is it like next week? Uh, no, this will be out uh, tonight. Oh, tonight. Okay. Cool. So <laughs> Tuesday, uh, uh, Tuesday, if you listen to our, our show on Tuesday and you've never listened to our show before – um, please don't start with this new show unless uh, you go in. Just prepare your mind, body, and soul um, because uh, we have a friend of the show, Jesse, who is hilarious, um, but <laughs> she takes us to places we never thought we would go. So um, if you want to catch up, uh, I-, I would just suggest this. Start with an episode called Thirst Season 1 and then go to Thirst Season 2. <laughs> and then uh, be prepared for Thirst Season 3, which is uh, airing this Tuesday. Uh, it's bananas. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, Twitter that. And if you if you want to listen to um, uh, Nerd Raps, uh, I have a band camp. So jakelineheart.bandcamp.com. Um, all my music is free. Um, some of it will say, like, pay if you want. Uh, just put a zero. It's pretty much for algorithm stuff. Um, if I just made it free, um, apparently it doesn't count as a sale. But if you type zero... It counts as a sale. I don't know how that works as far as the algorithm works. But um, all my music is free. Um, the Bloodborne, I have to give away for free because the artist I got for it said I could use their art, any of their art, as long as I didn't make profit off of it. So if you download it, there's all this cool like art that um, I took from them of like the Ludwig. The Ludwig one is amazing. And then I put like little quotes of my own music because I'm vain <laughs> over, <laughs> over pictures. Uh but yeah, just awesome like Gascoigne pictures, uh, Ludwig. I think there's um, one of the hunter like kind of like has the creepy arm, like a werewolf arm, and the doll arm coming, nice. like kind of like like pulling him into the darkness. Um, the artist is amazing. Um, the link to their stuff is on my on that Bandcamp thing too. So it's free music. Enjoy it. Um, um, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard, uh, where are you at? 
you can find me on Twitter under uh, at Dr. Faust is Dead. And you can find me on YouTube if you search for Dr. Faust is Dead. Currently, I'm at 55 subscribers. I only need a couple more before I can get my custom YouTube URL and stop telling people to search for at Dr. Faust is Dead <laughs> and tell them to just type in YouTube slash Dr. Faust is dead. That's where you can find me. Uh, mostly, uh, most of my time on Twitter is uh, randomly talking about game stuff and other what really whatever kind of pops into my head. Uh, but I, it's mostly video games. I love engaging people about video games. Uh, and uh, if you're interested, you should definitely check out my YouTube page. I like talking about video games. Video games. <laughs> <laughs> all right um you can find me on twitter at sentinot underscore plus uh as always i'll have these links in the notes uh we are now on youtube just search monster dear monster so maybe a more convenient way to listen um we are also on iTunes, and we would appreciate some reviews, um, comments. Uh, you can contact us um, through Twitter uh, or the general website, and we are super friendly. So <laughs> uh, no hesitation <laughs> in uh, sending a, a DM or just a, a comment to us. Um, we like we like to engage with uh, our listeners. Um, that's uh, I think that wraps us up, uh, and I. Uh, we'll leave off with another of Jake's tunes, um, probably fittingly uh, hey. Ludwig's song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on, guys, and um, I think that's a uh, goodbye for this episode. Fear the old blood, it's the source of the scourge. Just one taste to entice your nerves. From Bergen work to the healing church. Acts to help, now so much worse. Ludwig would rise as a hunter and cleric. Hero of the people to beast, possess a generate. Created a hunter core, mentoring Yarnamites. A man who would unite the town folk to fight. Guided by his great sword, holy moonlight. The honorable Spartans no longer fear night. The populace would come to him to seek answers. As much as he was respected, he had his attractors. They started with whispers. As most toxins do And once the venom was injected The poison grew And his tormentors would push For his damnation They would subject him To constant denigration And oh How the great have fallen It's hard to resist When that blood comes calling As it was with all clerics Of the church He would change into A hideous beast As a curse Graced by bloodlust Hunt to turn a monster Nothing left of his humanity No sign of honor He faded to history His name hardly spoken of Trapped in the hunter's nightmare Lost to the blood Side all along, my true mentor, my guiding moonlight. Good hunter, have you seen the thread of light? Just a hair, a fleeting thing. Yet I come to it, steeped as I was in the stench. Blood and beasts. I never wanted to know what it really was. Really, I didn't. Tell me, good.
of nights I see the moonlight